0: There's the low tier option and the high tier option. So the nice. low tier option is uh, the the pint with Pete. So oh, you get to You get to <laughs> video <laughs> chat. It's charged by the thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all you can all you can stand. So, so it's that kind of like Pete will be extra. the beer geisha. He'll sort of sit and drink. Yeah, you beer with you chat, the just video chat, but he'll just he'll just talk at you about things, the history of you know. Victorian yeah. beer, and then Neither. the high tier option is is Mitchum in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's a cooking masterclass with, with yeah. Pete, and he's got his apron on and he's his undies, and he's just <laughs> cooking up a storm.
1: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner, and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchin. No, it's Brews News.
2: Radio. It's Radio Brews
3: News presents Brews News Week by Cryer Malt. Brews (laughs) News Week.
1: Whatever we call it, Pete, doesn't matter. Roll on. (laughs) (laughs) The listeners know who we are. Do you want to do it again? No. (laughs) Yeah. All right. thanks, thanks, for our <laughs> I'm your host Pete Mitchum uh, in lockdown and affected uh, and joining me Matt Kierkegaard. G'day Matt. Good morning
3: Pete. Welcome back. What? Technical problem well, solved. We got the satellite back up.
2: Yeah we missed you. Uh, g'day Claire. Now then how you doing?
1: I'm very well thank you and uh, we've got Jimmy Gold as well. G'day Jimmy. Hi Pete. Are you running mate? I, heard, I, right, I did see some smart-ass from Queensland say, so, oh, it's really cold. I had to put a jumper on. It was like 24 <laughs> degrees or something. So do you guys it's just, silly. like, stop running? It was windy yesterday. <laughs> it was bloody it cold. It was
2: very windy, oh. was it?
1: <laughs> it's nice today, though. It's sunny. Yeah, it's um, I just dropped my, um, the, the middle Pilsner off at school. She's uh, year 11 and or 12, so uh, they're back until uh, this afternoon or tomorrow or whenever stage four lockdown um, commences mm-hmm. and uh, it was, like, you couldn't see the end of the driveway that was that foggy um, and one degree out where we are so Oof. hopefully right. that makes you feel a little bit better
2: It does, yeah. Oh, I feel for
0: you It's going to make your trip back up to Queensland whenever that happens, so much more special mm-hmm. uh, Shorts on yeah. We're already
1: starting to Put, put money aside in a little special account that um, matures in three years. So hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to <laughs> <Three years. laughs> oh, feel that back by then. We're actually
3: thinking of um, just to understand what's going on in the regions. We're, we're thinking of taking the Brews News office up to Cairns for a week, um, and you know, just sort of working out of Hemingway's or you know, one of the uh, you know, the breweries up there, just to you know, show a bit of support and you
1: know, get a bit of summer.
3: Yeah,
2: go on holiday in the heart of <laughs>
1: Well, I did see somebody in my Twitter feed uh, said that it was nine degrees in Cairns. Uh, I'm assuming that was overnight.
3: I think that was the beer temperature. Yeah, that's a really, really hot day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Well, speaking of beer, um, we should just, before we get into the the news news, the AIBAs, the cutoff date for the – AIBAs
3: go to rasv.com.au beer, um in link in the show notes and uh, you can get all of the details. But yes uh, yeah.
1: just get, get your get your entries in.
3: Let's make the 2020 lockdown edition of the AIBAs
1: the best ever. Well that's it. Presumably yeah it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. I'm going to guess that there will be fewer um, entries because there will be fewer judges to uh, to judge them. Uh, otherwise fewer it's going to be, be well. hard work. If we still get the uh, you know two and a half thousand entries and we've only got fourteen judges, that might, geez, lunch lunch be fun. Um, (laughs) Have (laughs) your beers.
3: uh, Have your beers compared to the best Australian brewers, and uh, it's a it's a great benchmarking exercise for your beers that are brewed to style.
2: Mm -hmm. Entries close on the seventh of August, everyone.
1: There we go, seventh of August. So what are we now? I've I've kind of lost track of. um, As indicated yesterday, Matt, (laughs) I sort of said, oh, everyone up for cards tomorrow night, and came (laughs) back, oh. We're changing it to Thursday. oh, isn't today Tuesday?
3: (laughs) I've been doing that a lot recently, Pete.
1: Yes, they're they're all blurring into one. Yes, it is a little bit that way. But um, now, speaking of uh, COVID, uh, our first headline for this week, uh, for those who missed it, COVID-19 marketing is in the spotlight at ABAC. Uh, Wine and Spirits have faced the brunt of ABAC complaints over the last three months with the watchdog urging caution over COVID-19 online marketing. Um, in its latest quarterly report, an array of companies including Thirsty Camel, Bundaberg Rum, Impression Gin, as well as restaurant chain's Grilled and winghouse by Bavarian were judged by an ABAC panel. Over 60 complaints made in the quarter, which was double the previous period. Um, ABAC determined 26 within the time frame, upholding 13 and dismissing the other 13.
2: And can we just point out that it was only three of those were about beer the ones that they determined, only three of them. So well done, everyone. Absolutely. Look, it's a
3: big thing. And, you know, there's a couple of things that came out uh, of this for me that, you know, beer marketing, you you do have to think about your beer marketing. So, you know, COVID presented uh, challenges to businesses and, you know, they had to respond but you, you think about how you use something in your marketing, and don't encourage people to drink. Um, quite apart from it being against the ABAC code, you can see the way that the anti-alcohol campaigners have used that marketing as a sign, you know, a, a, as, as a signal that the industry is is irresponsible, yep. and using that to call for greater regulation. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons why I think you need to be really, really mindful yeah. of your marketing. And secondly, um, well done. You know, again, like. People you know, the brewers are becoming much more aware of their you know, the small brewers are becoming much more aware, um, you know, after that little spike in pan and packaging issues and things, brewers are becoming much more aware and, and thoughtful. And I, I think yeah. even the ones that were beer related, a lot of those were historical clear.
2: Oh my god, yeah. Super the one was from like January last year. Mm. The other one was, I think there was one from like 2014 as well or something like that. Yeah, there was and a, a five-all yeah. whiskey 2014. Yeah, exactly, yeah. which was ridiculous, and a lot of them are. So they are having a look at that and saying, I think they will be talking about whether they should have a cut-off point for, like they said in one of their determinations that while this is still out there, a reasonable person isn't going to trawl through six years or whatever it is of mark somebody's yep. social media or their marketing to dig this out and therefore... But obviously it's a a it has. Um, probably just to complain about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think so, they're so, talking about that. so claire, that, it's
1: but... not it's not a case of a brewery retweeting or or you know, um sharing a memory from three years ago on Facebook no, or whatever no, like that. They've this is literally stuff got, that's yeah. sitting in the archives that they've probably forgotten about that was probably three and a half marketing managers ago.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and, yep. and before they were even aware that there was an ABAC code. It was twenty sixteen that we first started um covering ABAC. Um, determinations and met with a bit of you know angst um, for, from the industry about it but uh, at that stage a lot of people didn't know um, about it and i think one of the best attended cry malt trade hub um, discussions that we've had and one of the most downloaded podcasts afterwards was the one that we did with hendo um, you know to, where he gave that really detailed analysis of one of the beers that he had it was jimmy brings oh no jimmy yeah,
1: gin- gingerbread maniac was the was i think probably the first That's right yes Um, infringement or the the first one that came to everyone's attention um, as being looked at by ABAC
3: and businesses you know breweries just weren't aware of this ABAC and the um, obligations and also the reasons for it and it it has become something that is much better known these days we are seeing you know like you, you're still going to have ones where somebody doesn't really think they see a cute photo of a baby holding a growler, you know, on <laughs> social one. media yeah, yeah. and reshare it um, yeah. because it's like an incident, isn't that? Yeah. Um, because it's not part of a planned communications. But, mm-hmm. you know, those things will uh, always happen and hopefully happen less. And, you know, th- th- there's no malice in them. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, the number of just out and out. Um, Infringement is is declining. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And pirate said, life again, though. Sorry. It'll be interesting to see <laughs> pirate life. I <pirate laughs> love it. They're they always so in many, trouble. so many I, on there. I
2: counted them up last year, and they had like one a month, basically, yeah. all last year. I
0: spent some time on the ABAC website last night, and it's actually <laughs> it's actually quite fun. It's like a skill tester. I was going through all the all the <laughs> complaints, and you can read the whole, you know, what the what the claim is, and they they usually show a photo or yep. a link to the video. And um, I, it was like a skill tester, a marketing skill <laughs> tester. I went through and I went, I can't see what's wrong with that. I, I, some of them are really obvious. Some are like, okay, cool, they're swimming and they've got, they yeah. you know, shotgunning a beer or whatever. Yeah. Or one impression
2: one gin saying that they've got, they've got vitamins and yeah, stuff in, in it. And, like, they're super healthy. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the Wing House one was so funny. I was looking at it and it probably took me 10, 15 minutes before I conceded and I, I can't see what the issue is. Yeah, yeah. And I read the, the, the complaint. actual complaint and it was um, – that there was two two women holding A Stein, a leader yeah, Stein. Stein. Yeah. And the complaint was that it that the amount of alcohol that they were potentially assu- or assumed to be able to be consumed was more than the safe daily intake <laughs> for a female.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Poor A, Buck a. <laughs> I would
0: have send that complaint in on a
3: fully funded taxpayer funded research tour to Oktoberfest. <laughs> Just so yeah. they would lose you see <laughs> <what it really laughs> so looks their little brain. So their little brain would explode. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know.
1: the, because the minimum requirement for a, an Oktoberfest um, server is that you must be able to carry a minimum of 10 steins. So that's no. 10 litres. 10 litres, yeah.
3: And you can't it is. buy beer in less than a, a litre Half litre stein, everyone. I think, is
1: the. You know, oh, I think the, you can buy half. Jobs. Yeah, no one does.
0: Like, that that was in the yeah. ad. It was actually they were actually holding 500 ml steins, and mm. that's what got the uh, claim dismissed. But it was assumed that they were one liter steins. Okay, and that, yeah. but that was, that was all it was, and yeah. it was it basically it. the complaint was it was going to be dangerous that those girls were going to drink a liter of beer. And, and and what did everyone think of the? Did Did you see
3: Pirate Life? You know, which last month. Had a determination where they mm-hmm. got cleared that they weren't making a health claim because mm-hmm. it was d- tongue in cheek. Because it was tongue in cheek, yeah. they yeah. Uh, doubled down
0: this month. You know, w- yeah. w- w- what do you think of that? Yeah, well, it was some super fruit, super ox, super food thing. This, this juju, y- yeah, yeah, new thing, Hang and on, it was, it was, yeah. They were like. They say it's got antioxidants and it's good for this, that and the other, but we just think it tastes really good.
2: Yeah, so it's still a little bit toe in the line there, wasn't it? But it's but almost like saying, not. it's like,
0: well, beer is made with water and every human needs water to <laughs> live, therefore. <laughs> it's right. so, okay, okay so, so what do you think about the
3: fact that they're obviously having a piss take at the regulator? Oh, I didn't. That,
2: I'm too thick to have realised that. Th- does
3: that undermine you know as an industry should we be holding the regulator up um, as something that is important or should we be you know making fun of it and potentially diminishing making it an object of fun
0: it's I think there's a pretty there's a line somewhere and as we always say Mm. if you don't know exactly where it is maybe don't stand too close to it but you know you go through some of those complaints and there are some pretty ignorant you know, uh, there was one that was a nightclub that was emailing people, and it was, you know, I'm. It was so blatantly, yeah, obnoxiously yeah. like, come and get wasted, wasted and, yeah, you know, drink your problems away, and that that's mm-hmm. not good, and that's not what the alcohol industry should be promoting. Um, but then some are like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the feral uh, Biggie Juice was, they got done for saying, you know bigger bolder mm-hmm. and they said oh that's you're promoting a high a high ABV yeah. product, and that 's yep. not safe because of yeah. its alcohol content, yeah, not just
2: it's like, saying it 's got al- high alcohol content, yeah, yeah. but to um, me that's
3: that is the problem that when you 've got people that are willing to overtly like when, when you 've got a little fat lamb that you know everybody knows is just about Taking a two-liter goon sack um, and taping it to your hand. Um, have you seen the social media post with, like the, <laughs> the, 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 the kid with two little fat lambs? Um, it's like taped a into his stick, yeah. it stick, isn't it? And and when you've got a business like that, that is just so clearly targeting a demographic, and all of the the, the deals, but not in a way that you can actually, you know, get your finger under clearly. Um, and and everyone knows it's 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 dog whistling to. You know, kids to get drunk um, mm. with. Then, when they can operate, it makes it you know it's just too easy to cast everything else in, in the same in the same light.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, very true.
3: Anyway, that's that's a
1: <laughs> And I think too that um, you know people are going to absolutely lose their shit in in a, in a year's time when pirate life brings out a you know a Pokey's porter and a, a blackjack. Lager mm-hmm. and a you know roulette red IPA when they um establish themselves in the Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide casino. casino. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, this is it because really, are, is anyone going to copy Pirate Life? Well, I'm just
3: but that's the thing. About. Like the, their growth isn't going to come. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a you know good story that we don't have in the show notes, Pete. But you know, Pirate Life has you know signed to be the uh, venue in yeah. the the casino now. While it's. Big things are being made about it being pirate life. It's Cub, like it. it it's yeah. this is the it's sort of thing that brew. you only get. Well, no, no it's not yeah. even India. You only get these opportunities if you're big enough to fulfil them. Yeah, and you only get big enough to fulfil them if you've got the backing behind. And I bet you that whilst they've got a brewery in there, Cub are going to have all of their other core range beers ranged in mm-hmm. the casino as well. Oh yeah, that'll be part so of the deal. That right? that'll all be part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that's where it matters. Like those guys, you know, always. You know that they're willing to sort of be indie and edgy when they wanted to be, and even now it sounds like they're you know, they're they're being edgy within the the, 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 the <laughs> within the <limits>. <laughs> uh, of, of, of within the Cub empire. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you know, mm-hmm. the, the, I, I I suspect the more that they get into those things, the less they care about you know the the sorts of bottle shops and bars that uh, you know gave them yeah. their start because they. Yeah,
2: well, they've got the backing of CB. They don't need to care about that, just like they don't really need to care about I'm sure they get a slap on the wrist every time they get an A back <laughs> thing, but at the same time, CB can handle it. Like, <laughs> if, Are if you pilots... suggesting, Matt,
1: that uh, pirate life risk becoming uh, as punk as the Go-Go's? <laughs> <laughs> right, oh,
3: oh, we, we can it's talk so about pirating. BrewDog. We haven't talked about BrewDog for a while, but uh, I'm, I'm coming around to BrewDog a little bit. Uh, uh, what? So.
1: Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> no, <newsflash>. Whoa. <laughs> Oh no! Can you guys temperature test in place. I'm worried. I'm very worried. It's becoming delirious. Oh, it could be coming <laughs> down with COVID. Headache. It could be that. an
3: aneurysm. Um, <laughs> well, no, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole today. We'll sort of uh, talk about it. But you know, they they, they are showing a, a certain degree of maturity um, these days. Matter
2: proves. Matter proves. Well, well, no, we they They've they've
3: turned their baseball cap facing round to the front, and you know they're wearing age-appropriate clothing. <laughs>
1: Get the top top button down up on the polo shirt.
3: Hold on, I've just had a, i was, I've just had a text from our uh, from our social media consultant um, who has said that Pirate Life has updated since um, it was first shared in the Facebook group. Apparently, they've uh, updated. They've changed the Facebook post. So I'm just uh, going looking. It for It doesn't
2: that. mention any of the Chinese herbs and all ah. that stuff that they said before.
3: Oh they, oh, they removed the removed second – they've, they've ah. taken the second f- – okay, they've taken okay. the photo. interesting.
2: I bet someone pointed it out to them and they were like, crap.
3: I wonder whether that was uh, – yeah, that's interesting. Because um, they had the front can, the, the front photo that said Ruby mm. Jujube, and then they had a like photo – Like a description bit. Descriptor the bit, back didn't they? back talking about yeah, all of yeah. it, and they've, they've removed that. I'm I'm, I'm wondering if uh, that that's – our oh, head yeah. officers have said, hey guys, you know, we're sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> we bought you. You have to follow our strict social media guidelines. Yes.
0: We know you're pirates, but you got to yeah. just, just sail <laughs> yeah. between the lines. You were pirates Acceptable when pirates. you were raping and pillaging. Once <laughs> yeah. we
3: give you the money, That's you're it. no longer sort of yeah. pirating. Your I'm,
0: just, I'm imagining in 10 years' time, like, the pirate life, but it's like a cruise line. <laughs> <and it's like laughs> like almost like
2: disney yeah, yeah, like Johnny totally. Depp style. Yeah. Love boat life. Love, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Jack Sparrow becomes a gopher. <laughs> <the love>
2: <laughs> 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 we're all loving <sighs> <sighs>
1: Uh, now, as, as research uh, is sort of suggesting that uh, our young'uns are waiting later to drink and drinking less, um, so alcohol consumption is down, uh, indie brewers are taking on budget beer. So uh, this is an interesting one for me. So during the COVID-19 period, data showed that customers were looking for value ranges, buying in bulk. Um, perhaps more so than they were previously. And a number of independent brewers rose to the challenge of producing more budget beer. We broke the story of, um, what was it, Plan C, Mm -hmm. which was uh, Western Australia's other side brewing. Recently, um, Ballistic Beer from Brisbane has launched Brew Unity, an affordable full-flavoured Australian pale ale, and Hemingway's uh, in far north Queensland launched its Resilience Lager, a limited release priced for tough times beer, which has now evolved into its cane-cutter lager. Um, this is an interesting one, I think it's, uh, Muzzin Haja has been a big one for talking about the, I guess, um, not the race to the bottom in terms of trying to price, but offering an, an alternative, uh, that will encourage volume sales in that, you know, rather than, you know, oh, it's $23 or whatever for a six pack, but mm-hmm. oh, actually it's only 58 for the, for the case. I might mm-hmm. go the case this time. Um, what do you guys think?
3: So, and what sort of the argument is he on that we the brewers should be having budget? Like
1: options, you should be able. Yeah. You should yeah. If you're now, and I don't know the, the whole mechanics in terms of the economics of it, whether or not you you know make a bit more on your big ass big and you take a bit of that profit, or you just you know work with your suppliers and your ingredients and uh, labeling people and that sort of mm-hmm. thing to say, I need to produce something. And with uh, Hawkers, obviously, it's it's the Rover Mark, which is their you know their value proposition, uh, and I think a lot of other breweries are looking to do similar sorts of things. So rather than trying to cut each other's lunch, you say we've still got this stuff here. We're not going to you know make our double IPAs you know three fifty a can, but we're going to offer something else that we can do mm-hmm. at a at a lower price.
2: Yeah, um, I thought that yeah. I mean, I spoke to Wade and um, Craig at. Hemingway's uh, for this one. It was really interesting what they were saying about it. a lot of these um, budget options came about purely because of the situation. So, for example, Ballistic had to fulfill contracts for ingredients and they were like, what are we going to do with this? Um, and what will help potentially help our customers? Same with Hemingway's. They were like, what could be a nice thing to do for our consumers who are doing it just as tough as we are? So, I think a lot of this came about purely from the situation. And I think the general consensus was that while the budget beer thing is an interesting area to look at, brewers just don't have the economies of scale to be able to do that consistently for long periods of time. Um, You know, haven't got the distribution, uh, haven't got those sort of, those very situation-specific issues that Ballistic had, um, for example, just during the COVID time. So I think the, the idea was, we probably won't go down this budget route, but it's interesting that it's been we've put our toe in the water. Yeah.
0: And it's, I think for the bigger guys, you know, even like pre COVID, uh, we sort of started to see, you know, mountain goat released goat, which was just like an easy drinking ale. And then um, I think feral did feral draft. And, you know, even from talking to sales reps, you know, a couple of years ago, that was the beer that they were really using to push their promotion. So obviously they can produce it for a lower cost, but for the smaller guys, it's, it's interesting. And it's kind of, just because you can do it should you do it and oh. it's you know i listened to a um an interview with uh lockie from ballistic and he was talking about the process of how they got the price down on mm-hmm. on the brew brew br- unity, unity beer yeah. and um it was effectively going the beer's still really good but they had to really put their heads together and figure out how to make it mm-hmm. turn over quicker use less hops here and yeah. you know tweak the malt bill and all that sort of stuff but um yeah, I and it c- but the not not, u- not using the um, yeah the, pa- the four, four pack, pack holders, holders, and, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Um, cans and things like that.
3: A- anyone that's interested that wants to understand the cost of beer, Black Cops in 2016 did a post where they were very open about how much every element of the the, the brewing process cost, um, and they've just updated it given that their business has grown, and so they're now brewing like 15,000 liter batches, and just you know looking at it. Uh, for a fifteen thousand liter batch, the ingredients are looking about six thousand um, dollars. But then you've got the cans, are four thousand three hundred twenty. Um, the lids are nine hundred and seventy nine. So you're looking at almost you know, the, the 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 can costs as much as the ingredients to go in a batch of beer. Yeah. But the four pack holders, the Pac-Tex, um for a fifteen thousand liter batch of beer, twelve
0: hundred and
2: sixteen dollars
0: goes into just those clips.
3: Yeah, um, that's crazy.
0: And so you- you look at that and you kind of go well okay so they can do it for less but it's not presenting it in the same way that you know when we think of micro breweries or craft breweries or whatever it's we're kind of assuming a level of quality and that comes from both the product and the packaging and mm. the whole experience Absolutely. so you're kind of asking them to go okay here's it's going to be a pretty budget yeah. looking simple
2: thing that, like can design yeah, like they're really, not going to really do anything basic. fancy Yeah. But Ingredients are going to be simple, probably all Australian. Um, The beer is going to be simple in itself. Like they did lager, which admittedly takes a little bit longer, but is, I guess, relatively simple. An ale, simple ale. Like it's not going to be anything fancy.
0: Yeah. And then I guess you wonder, uh, like I think it's great. But then you start looking at well, if we can produce this this product, which is going to fill you know whether it's the barbecue beer or just the beers in the fridge at home, you know the everyday drinker, if it's going to be fifteen or twenty dollars less for a carton or five dollars or ten dollars less for a six pack or whatever, um, you kind of go well if people just kind if it's still good beer and people are happy to drink it, it probably will take away from your core range pale ale, mm-hmm. or it might diminish your brand offering. So I think. I don't know if anyone wanted to do it. I would think maybe having a separate, almost a separate brand or a separate product mm-hmm. that doesn't really align with the core range and it's almost the yeah. sort of everyday,
3: and yeah, do low price. Do prices, you care enough you know? to do
2: that? Are you going to make the profit yeah, margins totally. on that? To but then make also that isn't
3: that just another death in this idea of craft beer? Um, because you know, I w- you know, craft beer was always about using more hops yeah. and better ingredient and mm. more flavor, and yep. suddenly you know, if you've got them sort of saying, well, we're going to sort of you know. Look at how we use hops to get more flavor out of less yeah you know, it, again it, it goes down to at what point does that mean well we're not making craft beer anymore yeah, and, and and do you want to be competing with the, the big houses that well, make yeah. their beer very cheaply because they, they want to ferment very quickly and they use a high adjunct load because it's easier in the brew house yep. um, you know and all of those things and at, at what point does what craft held out a promise as being? Just erodes away, so yeah. th- 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 there is no difference. Quite apart from the, the point you're making about the brand
0: and things like that, mm-hmm.
3: um, does it just harm this idea that craft beer is better?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's probably some level where scale just makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it might not make sense for a really small brewery to do it, but someone like Ballistic, you know, I guess a good example would be if someone's if you know, I've seen this happen a lot. If someone's having a wedding and they're catering themselves, they go, "We just want ten cases of beer. Two cases are going to be IPA for the craft beer drinkers, and eight cases are going to be the easy drinking thing. Mm -hmm. And if they look at it and go, well, you know, we're already spending a bomb on this wedding. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is going to cost us X amount. If they can get a case of Furfy for 50 bucks or $55, and that's the, that's the eight cases they buy. And then they buy the two local IPA cases. You know, if you could get those sales and go, cool, well, we can produce this thing that's 65 or $70 for a case and it's our everyday drinker. You're still supporting us. You're still buying our beer and it's still good beer. It just doesn't come with all the bells and whistles. Um, maybe there's an argument to have that as your, have it there as an option, but maybe you just don't push it, right? It's, it's sort yeah. of a, you know, it's, it's almost come to the brewery and we'll, we'll hook you up kind of. <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. Well, it is
2: really interesting as well, because what came out of it was, well, maybe we won't go toward the budget thing. We might go towards the sessionable, buying maybe buying slightly more, but the lagers, the simple pale ales, the gateway beers that we like to talk about a lot. That's what people will go towards, and we've seen that so often, like you mentioned, Mountain Goat. Um, and loads of other people, Balter did their lager before they got bought and all that kind of stuff, so... It's more that I think brewers will go towards these more sessionable ones um, as we try and grab some market share. and
3: Going back to the, what the craft beer promise, like if you go back... Yeah, Pete, and I mean, this is sort of the, the two old men uh, situation. You know, mm-hmm. when we were getting our drinking licences, as you love to call it, you know... <laughs> You, you bought a carton. You didn't buy a six-pack, let alone a four-pack, because they, they weren't there. And yeah. beer was something that you bought as a carton. And then maybe if you're going to a party and you wanted to have a you know a Ponzi import, um, <laughs> you'd, you'd get a six-pack of, uh, you know... maybe a six pack of (laughs) prony or a six pack of crownies and spend a little bit more money and 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 get less but your purchasing decision was based on the the, the carton and you know if we we see craft brewers going back to well we're going to sell a budget carton with no plastic rings or anything like that are we going back to you know are we closing the loop and just sort of hastening the decline back to the, the, the beer market that we knew before albeit with a little bit more choice
1: yeah, I think maybe it's just responding to a changing market in the same way that you know the 24 can uh, traditional slab has now become you know the 16 can block, and you know we've people are wanting more variety, so we we put out you know 40 different you know core range products or you know 30 limited release beers during the the season um we're now sort of saying okay here's here, here's where we make our money here's where we're most efficient here's what our particular consumers want um and who and out what our particular competitors are doing and i think it's sort of uh responding to that so i don't know that it's the the death of craft but i think it's it's certainly responding to you know a changing landscape speaking of which while we're still on the uh the COVID. Plant and pivot, kind of, what's called, Un- unprecedented <laughs> times. <laughs> and, and, and responding Bloody to help. a changing landscape as well. Yeah. I thought that's yeah. where your segue <laughs> yeah, was going to be this one. Uh, Moondog launches Pub in a Box. So Victoria is doing it tough right now, you may have heard, uh, with Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews um, putting Melbourne into lockdown again last week. But Moondog Craft Brewery is sweetening the sour with its pub in a box. Uh, launched this week, the $100 pub in a box contains two schooner glasses, uh, some beer snacks, and a selection of beers from Moondog's limited release and core ranges, as well as a, a beer mat. Not a beer mat, as in a bar runner, not the beer <laughs> mat. You minutes. can't replicate that. Me, me <laughs> in the box, so yeah. Let's call it a let's call it a bar runner.
3: You can have some good quality beer chat uh, with me
1: with every box. <laughs> what
2: happens to you after? Well, maybe we have done with you though. You know, took the, you. In I don't know beer. if you, two
1: are um, old enough or um, dumb enough <laughs> to remember uh, the Boony Warnie and Ian Botham. Uh, a little, little talking that on, figurines. Yeah, I, I yeah. wonder whether we could get CUB to design a little matte one, and you you know whenever <laughs> well, you oh say, yes. a, say a certain enough. word, it goes off on a rant.
3: CUB ended up apologising <laughs> for the Boonie doll because you know Boonie was associated with excess drinking, and they sort of acknowledged that it probably wasn't the, the the way that beer should have gone. It was, it was a clever insight, but whether it. Should have been done, but mate, I would happily sit on, on the top of your TV and sort of say, <laughs> "Hey back, hey back, <laughs> fair, fair."
2: Independence doesn't matter until <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. <laughs> Those you catch catchphrases. All, all,
3: the, all the, all of the greats. Um, effect, but I love this, uh, uh, Moondog. You know, we, we have seen a lot of um, businesses coming out with interesting ideas to 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 engage their consumers and you know, um, merchandise their their, their, their product. But this was one that just sort of really had a lovely, um, you know, f- feel about it. And when you, when you saw the photos with, you <laughs> know, d- d- the little moon dog bar runner and oh, it uh, cool things, like, it was just beautifully done, well played, um, guys. And I really hoped that they, and apparently they completely overwhelmed. Claire.
2: Oh, yeah, they were, they were absolutely rammed the first day of it. Um, and they said, uh, Brooke, the brand marketing manager there, um, he said that uh, they even got orders from interstate. So even other people in other states were getting... Little bit of moon yeah. dog, little slice of moon dog in their um, living rooms, which yeah. is really cool. And he said I, I, he, he hoped it was because people were like, well, we've seen how it is in Victoria and we want to be cautious. And that is absolutely to be commended. Uh,
3: but it was also a fun idea. You yeah. know, altruism will the, only take you yeah, so far. Yeah. And, and, and keep
2: the brand going, keep the brand in mind. Hmm. That also helps. Yeah. Well, well,
0: on that, I, uh, it's been really cool to watch people innovate and come up with really cool ideas like this. And I thought that maybe we could do something similar. And Ooh. I thought about a you know, maybe an hourly service. And there's the, the there's the low tier option and the high tier option. So the oh low yes. tier option is a, the the pint with Pete. So oh, you get a <laughs> video t- chat. <laughs> it's charged by the thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all you can all you can stand. <laughs> so, so it's that kind of like Pete will be extra. the beer geisha. He'll sort of sit and drink. Yeah, you beer with you just video chat, but he'll chat. just he'll just talk at you about things, the history of you know. Victorian yeah. beer. And then Over. the high-tier option is, is Mitchum in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's a cooking masterclass with, with yeah. Pete. And he's got his apron on and he's, his undies and he's just <laughs> – Cooking up a storm we, we,
3: we, with his rub, sort of getting his rub and sort of showing it. So. Oh, yeah. he's
2: very good at barbecues, our well, Pete. So you, yeah, I'd be keen. What, what do, you do you think,
3: Pete?
0: What do you think? Did,
3: can we can we easy. Uh, pimp easy. you easy, out? Easy, kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. I don't know where the apron, the undies, and the rub <laughs> came in. <laughs> Sorry, it's a really I, I was, was imagining a premium it. product. I think. Yeah, I was <laughs> just I- just imagining the if you search experience. on the Brusiers website, you'll find uh, Pete's rub recipe. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Interesting. I think it'd be great. You yeah. <laughs> know, one thing you don't want in your box is exploding cans. <laughs> oh, um, so let's hope that uh, yeah, the uh, the hundred dollar pub in a box obviously comes with good quality beer that's um, shelf stable. Um, this one just keeps popping up again, guys.
3: Yes. Yeah. Look at Twittered. Um, this was America, um, obviously, but it was just an interesting discussion. I just thought <laughs> it was sweet. you know some interesting discussion and even more interesting discussion in the the, the Facebook group. Um, the Radio Bruise News Facebook group just about um, Trillium Brewing uh, had a beer. I'm not even sure what style it was, but it was something that had a lot of um,
0: fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. It? In they, I think they do a season. It's it's different every release, but it had three different fruits in it. We mm-hmm. I think, it was but like added
1: that. after fermentation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and
3: and their response when people were complaining that the beer was exploding was, you know, we we do all of these things to try and keep the the product shelf stable Um, we pasteurize we do this we do this but it only takes you know a lot of fruit and one yeast and things can go wrong Um, so please keep your beer refrigerated and you know we've seen it before we actually had a um, podcast episode titled you know it happens with all beers and it just doesn't happen with all beers and you know telling people to keep beer refrigerated because it makes it Better, more enjoyable, like makes it last longer. That's one thing. Telling them to um, refrigerate it so it doesn't explode—that's a whole other thing. You know,
2: there was a lot of victim shaming going on in that post. I didn't like it. And there was um, one chap that went <laughs> that replied to it said, "Weird. We just spent about twenty k on a recall for the exact same thing. I didn't realise I could just write a social media post. <laughs> it's like ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's clearly the way to the proper way to do it." do a proper recall, not just post about it. And I think that was really disrespectful, to be honest. Yeah.
3: And look, go, go read because we, we, we've got some really well-informed um, commentators in the Facebook group who are professional brewers who have got views about these sorts of things mm. um, and yeah, and knowledgeable views about these sorts of things and had some great input. But, you know, beer is at this highly experimental phase at the moment where people are doing a lot of things because they can. And, you know, as an industry, you need to stop and ask – should we be doing this? Um, And it was interesting to see that Trillium actually said that they flash pasteurised because Mm. pasteurising is one of the, you know, I see it as one of the last frontiers that craft brewers generally aren't willing to cross. And, you know, they say um, pasteurising is compromising you, harming your beer.
2: Yeah, it's really strong opinions about
3: it. (laughs) You know what? The second you make the decision to sell your beer outside of your own brew pub, you are making decisions about compromising your beer and it's just a question of how far you want to go to compromise your beer if you're sending your beer across this huge continent you're compromising your beer if you are choosing to you know send to places that you know aren't cold storing your beer you are compromising and as far as i'm concerned pasteurizing is a smaller compromise because it it actually reinforces your quality promise to consumers than um, this mythical notion that by not pasteurising, we are craftier. When you, you look at, as we've talked about, you look at some of the things that brewers are willing to do and the adjuncts are willing to put in, you know, the o- I, my view is that the only reason that craft brewers are saying that pasteurising is a compromise that they're not willing to make is because <laughs> they can't afford to compromise. <laughs> it's hard they, and they, it's they, expensive. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Pasteurisers are still expensive. We can't afford it pasteurizing is only seen as a compromise because not enough brewers are able to afford to make that compromise
1: yet. Yeah, and look, if you are going to send out beer that you know is going to explode, um, well then, you know, label it appropriately. But don't call <laughs> Relling's Labels, Stickers and Packaging because they don't want to be associated with that sort of shit. Um, if you're still applying <laughs> self-adhesive labels to your bottles and cans and believe that this is a sustainable solution for your packaging needs, you may want to call Relling's Labels, Stickers and Packaging on 1300 852 235 to find out more.
2: I did that last that week. Right? Yeah, that was great. Did you? Yeah, yeah I did it. You I did, did well. it Pete style. Thank you.
3: The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. Study And again, it's only literally just hot off the presses, it's burning my fingers. Um, but the headline, alcohol remains uh, the most commonly used drug in Australia with about three in four Australians reporting they consumed alcohol in the previous 12 months. The proportion of people drinking at risky levels on a single occasion at least monthly or at levels that put them at risk over their lifetime has been stable since 2016. The proportion of ex drinkers rose from seven point six percent to eight point nine percent. There was also a rise in the number of people cutting back on alcohol. With thirty one percent saying they had reduced the number of alcoholic drinks they consumed at any one time. Now uh, we'll probably dig a little bit deeper into that um, and we'll w- w- with yeah. analysis. Uh, but I, you know, I thought that was very very interesting. And you know, at a time when have you seen the ramp up of the um, you know anti alcohol lobby wanting the pregnancy restrictions oh, with yeah. highly emotional They're content rabid. we talked about last yeah. week and you know these figures show that demonizing alcohol isn't the thing that's going to work it's people making lifestyle choices mm-hmm. and educating about you know positives you know we just know the prohibition doesn't work because the other thing that we uh, see is that most drugs when, when you scan the illicit drugs marijuana ecstasy cocaine hallucinogens inhalants and ketamine <laughs> Which is horse tranquilizer, I think. <laughs> all is, increased yes. over that time. Um, so alcohol is down, but you know, people are still behaving dangerously. Um, anyway. And putting a label on your ketamine isn't gonna stop people <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: no, exactly. I don't care about health claims on ketamine. Don't take
3: ketamine while you're pregnant. <laughs> I, I think anyone that's going to be doing that um, while they're pregnant probably isn't going to respond to a yeah. label in the same yeah, way. Anyway, definitely.
1: BWS is calling for new local favourites to add to stores, so they're asking their biggest fans to uh, of, of Australia's independent uh, mm-hmm. beers to nominate bevvies they think more Aussies should know about. So nominated suppliers will be in the running to not only receive ranging in stores for their specific products, but also advertising and marketing support. Mm-hmm. And we certainly got a bit of uh, feedback uh, from our crew uh, in the Facebook I group. I was not prepared. was on prepared. Facebook page. Yeah, no, yeah Facebook, Facebook page.
2: page. Oh, my God. Here, just a selection. Fuck BWS. Support your local craft store. <laughs> That's the general feeling. <laughs> well, that,
3: that was a feeling instead of going, no, uh, you know, and, but then you had people going, look, I've only got a BWS, you know, within a 20-minute drive of my house. This is fantastic. And this is, you know, the, the, the great debate um, that you have coming up that, you know, yes, we all like independence, but when you start flying that independence flag, how many brewers that are flying the independence flag and talking about you should support independent um, breweries are also the bulk of their online, you know, the bulk of their sales are coming through non-independent bottle shops. And then you've got independent bottle shops Mm -hmm. going, hold on, we supported you guys when you were little and now you're selling um, to independent bottle shops. Doesn't independence mean all independence? There is this huge, ugly you know, complicated, never-ending debate um, about what goes on.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting, yeah. and especially because a lot of brewers I've spoken to said that getting their beers ranged in BWS, Dan Murphy's, what have you, actually really helped them through coronavirus. So what you would you prefer them to have gone under because... They've stuck to their guns and didn't go into BWS and Don Murphy's. Like y- you've got to be able to reconcile those those concepts uh, in your own mind, and apparently people are angry about it.
3: And it, it, it's a problem, yeah. You know, you know, to become you know, into a philosophy one on one ideology, you know, as soon as you take an ideological approach to anything, and you are just vehemently anti something without any nuance, without any shade, then you, you're basically saying craft beer should be a an inner city. Um, you know, privileged you know, beverage mm-hmm. that shouldn't be available to people who don't live next to a, you know, forward-thinking, independent bottle retailer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And on a business point of view, I mean, I looked at – you sort of drop a pin on any of your sort of smaller local breweries and look within the sort of five-kilometer radius of them, and there's probably 10, 15 BWS stores um, And for those smaller breweries, those stores aren't really an option because you only really get to go into those, you know, the BWS and Dan's and things when you get to massive sort of scale. So it could actually be the sort of next step up for a lot of smaller breweries who aren't quite ready to go huge but can start selling direct because otherwise they can only sell to independent bottle shops, which there aren't that many of, Mm. um, like in Queensland at least. So um, yeah, I think it's a, great opportunity for a brewery to and, and we sort of say oh well you know wouldn't you just drive to the brewery it's like well some breweries are only open four or five days a week mm-hmm. BWS is open seven days a week yeah. some only open at four o'clock in the afternoon BWF opens at 10 in the morning and open till nine o'clock at night.
2: It's just more convenient. Uh, Yeah,
0: more convenient. It's another way for them to sell their beer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that BWS is outside of the Woolworths that you shop at and you can do all your shopping Mm -hmm. and your beer shopping in one go, that's still better than going, you know what, I really want to drive across town through school traffic to buy a Mm four-pack of my favourite brewery's beer. Mm -hmm. I can buy it right here and I'm still supporting them in a way. Um, and
2: what a be- better way to get mainstream audience to totally. go for independent beer yeah. is to have it easily available Absolutely. in front of them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And BWS are doing a lot. So I did a few sort of training sessions with some BWS store managers. Um, BWS is trying to foster that local um, you know, mindset of, of supporting wineries that they have a connection with and breweries and things like that. So it's not like they're this. F- faceless corporation that just is out to screw over the small guy like they're, they're not they're just a faceless corporation. Yeah, not <laughs> just that. So they yeah. have that angle, yes which is why people
2: are annoyed about it yeah. Yeah. yeah but
0: obviously i mean even this in gesture is a really good step in that direction they're not saying you know oh, we will buy a one case off them and then that'll be it it's, yeah, yeah they're, like they're a obviously token gesture. trying to do something to because people are there's obviously been enough noise where they go, you know what people actually want to buy local yeah. stuff, so yeah. let's let's sell it. Makes
3: sense. Uh, but again, and so that brings in the, the nuance. You know, are, are they only acknowledging that they've been kicked, dragging and screaming to that mindset because of all of these small independent bottle shops? And because I, I know particularly in Queensland, it was the change to small bar legislation, the creation of small bar legislation that created um, the, the, the scratches and the, you know, the small independent bars that suddenly, you know, and having spent 10 years knocking on the door of the bigger hotels saying, you guys should do craft beer, you guys should do craft beer. And they were just so locked in their mindset that suddenly they saw, you know, this little bar in Milton with the line out of people wanting to get in, and they're going, Jesus, maybe we should get onto this as Missing well. a trick there, yeah, and that's and and, and that's always attention, and and that's why you know it was seeing that um, that made me realize that you know where I as a consumer choose to spend my money becomes you know my vote for what I want the Absolutely. industry to be. So yeah, mm. so I, I, it's awesome that BWS uh, are doing this, but as a consumer, rather than bitching about this. Faceless monstrosity on social media and sort of saying you know fuck you BWS um, it's a part of the
0: evolution yeah, yeah and, and go I out and spend
3: your money make sure that you inconvenience yourself to drive to your you know local independent bottle shop yeah if that's what you care about yeah totally
0: and i guarantee if you know that BWS store is selling through a case or two cases or 10 cases a week of that new beer that they range they're going to reorder it they're going to keep ordering it and then they might get two skews or three skews or four and then all of a sudden it opens the door to more growth for that business and you are mm. supporting them, just not as directly. Mm-hmm. But if you can, obviously support that brewery directly or, or the
3: bottle independent shop. bottle shop And if directly.
0: enough people in the community support that bottle
3: shop,
1: yeah, you, you'll
3: end up with both.
2: Yeah. Even better.
0: Perfect harmony.
1: <laughs> Done. <laughs>
2: Much like this uh, podcast.
1: Yes. Just for those wondering, like myself, I'm just trying to picture somebody who is kicked, dragging and screaming.
2: What to a, b- a brewery? I uh,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, dragged, kicking and screaming. Yeah. Sorry, that's uh, <laughs> so, <and>, another <laughs> that turkey make, guard
3: malapropism. That makes more sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: but you know, when I'm when I'm on a roll, you know, I don't want to stop to sort of make sure the words yeah. are coming out in the right order. But
2: Donald Trump <laughs> has that, isn't it? <laughs> Just make up as you go along. <laughs> but, you know, I
1: don't use a teleprompter. <laughs> cool. And so now it's time to jump into the ball mag <laughs> or the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> All letter writers will receive a Deb Blue Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting app. Uh, It costs you nothing but a little bit of your time and it helps other beer lovers discover the podcast and it also helps us uh, stay undefeated on top in the Australian Beer Pod Championships. Um, Halfway through the season, I think there's only eight rounds left to go. Yeah.
2: We're still on top, so don't worry.
1: Still on top, undefeated.
2: Undefeated. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, so uh, from the mailbag, uh, Josh Gable, who's our uh, French correspondent, sent this in um, the story of the uh, the pub landlord who in- installed an electric fence. Jimmy his sent bar. this,
2: yeah. Jimmy sent this to me, and he was like, "Is this what it's like in the UK?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs>
1: Johnny McFadden, who runs the Star Inn in Saint Just in Cornwall, said there was a limited space in his bar, which only served drinks and no food. So he described the barrier as "it's just a normal electric <laughs> fence that you would find in a field." St. Asked Cornwall. if it was switched on, McFadden said, "Come and find out." <laughs>
3: there is a fear factor. And
1: <laughs> there it
2: is works. a
3: fear factor. <laughs> well, when you look this at the New, Sa- New South Wales pub that was the centre of this uh, thing, you heard oh, the New yeah. South Wales Hotel Association defending them. You know, like. The, the ABC had some um, patron who said, said, oh, look, you know, there, there wasn't even a sign-in sheet. There was nothing. And you had the person from the New South Wales Hotel Association so saying, well, it's, there isn't an obligation on them to have a sign-in. It's a, an obligation on the patrons to sign in. So as a punter in this massive heaving pub, you're meant to go looking for the sign-in sheet um, because they're saying it's not an obligation on the hotel. I, I reckon if you've got a publican who's going to enforce it this way,
1: God love them. Just
2: put an electric fence, yeah.
1: Well, I think too if you're um if you're walking into a massive heaving pub, you shouldn't be looking for a sign in sheet. You should be looking for the exit.
2: Yeah. That sounds horrifying. Yeah.
1: Keep your distance, wash your hands. <laughs> look after each other. Uh Claire, um Hello. a nice review from uh, Daniel Ridd on the Pete Meddings.
2: Oh yeah, uh, that was nice, wasn't it? Um he says he sometimes drifts off when he listens to podcasts. <laughs> hopefully not ours. Um, well, hopefully he
1: doesn't drift off into the
2: traffic. Well, yeah, that's it. Well, when he's walking. When he's I walking. He, he walks. Yeah, he'd be all right. And he said, yeah, but, "But on the Peter Meddings uh, podcast, he said not only was the subject fascinating, but the way Pete spoke reminded me of my grandfather <laughs> and the old cocky types, farmer not smart arse, that used to sit at the bar in the pubs I worked at in my 20s. Great show, Matt. Best of luck, Peter.
3: I was quietly pleased he
1: didn't say that listening to Matt and Pete <laughs> might yeah, me his granddad, yeah. so I'm still not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was to, chat, even yeah. laughed out loud into the night air once or twice. Yes, and that Pete, was good. Look, Pete has that, you know, uh, Matt and I had the absolute joy and privilege of um, doing a bit of a uh, Pacific Northwest road trip with the Mettings boys Um oh, I bet that was well year. fun. And, and just, yeah, look, Pete's just a, an, an absolute gem and uh, all the best to him in his well-deserved, well-earned retirement. And I hope too that, you know, his legacy is that people realise that, you know, from starting out, you know, selling a few bags of this and a, some malt extract in a shed to to what they do for the industry now is, um, uh, is recognised as, as shaping uh, much of, of, of what we are today as a, as a community, Beautiful. the beer community. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you can have a go. Uh, there's a five-star Apple review there. You got it. Yeah, well, I wrote it. You one of one Nixon my new, yeah, <laughs> my new, My new login, Nixon <laughs> is sexy, left us a five-star Apple review. Uh, which Nixon is underscore is underscore sexy. Yes. Yeah. So does that indicate that Nixon is sexy was already taken? You had to double underscore it?
2: Yes, that is exactly what that's it like implies.
1: It. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Two blokes walk
0: into a studio and often bring Claire, sometimes Jimmy, and other great guests. Awesome wrap up of all the industry news with multi generational options. Thanks, Jimmy and Claire. <laughs> Thank you. The millennial correspondence. Yep. <laughs> and take on the current happenings in the beer scene. Highly recommended for anyone that has an interest in the beer industry and wants to learn a bit more of behind the scenes issues facing brewers.
2: That's lovely. And it's really easy. It?
0: To They're leave not a bad to take the credit
1: for a lot of stuff, are they? These bloody millennials. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you know. Hey, right, we deserve it. <laughs> yeah,
0: we were. Uh, what, is it, what, what was our generation? We were ignored growing up and told we could do anything and have anything, but actually yeah. the world's a really... And p- but p- but now are yes. giving you a prize That's just for turning up. Yeah, now. I like that.
2: Participation medal. Well, we can't get mortgages and our pensions are going to be shit, so I'll accept some praise. At least
0: we've got expensive craft beer and <laughs> yeah. five-star reviews. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes, thank you for that review, Nixon. And, that was uh, lovely, yes. Anyone else man. that hasn't reviewed, log into Apple and yeah. give us a review.
3: Mainly mentioned,
2: and Andrew. also
0: actually there was, there was a,
3: <laughs> a a new Patreon. don't oh, no, no, not Patreon. Like just we just have a link that if you want to sort of just give us a couple of bucks a month, um, or even a one-off. Uh, now I, I, I never know whether people want us to call them names out, but for for those of you that do have a monthly um, sort of payment, or uh, the the person you know who you are who, who obviously listens to the show um, and made a a donation um, this, this week, um, which just sort of helps keep the wheels of the podcast running, um, we we really appreciate it. Um, so you know whether it's a podcast review uh, just participating in the chat room um, or you know even giving us some of your hard-earned money that you're not spending on that expensive craft beer uh, we really appreciate it
1: all right, and uh, now one more letter, and uh, this is a two-parter because it ha- it's a call-and-response style. So, Claire, I want you in a French accent to <laughs> no. read Josh, no, no, Josh no. Gable, and then Jimmy, I want you in Claire's <laughs> accent to reply.
2: I would love to hear that. I can't do it. I can't do
1: it. <laughs> I can't do it.
2: Okay, anyway, Josh Gable, we were talking about tap contracts, um, and obviously he's over in France in Nantes. Uh, and the bars, not he says, nonce. is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Nonce. Nonce. Isn't a nonce rich.
1: something that you don't want to be? Exactly yes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's N-O-N-C-E. Sure that I know, but Claire's more likely to bump into in the <laughs> a bar in we're Yorkshire. are on that one. We'll have to ask
2: too. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, he says the bars will state that they have a contract de Brasseur, which translates to brewer's contract. Um, pretty open about the contracts. Um Especially, uh, I think he says it's related to how they got fined for dividing Europe up between the big boys. Um, and I s- replied, Jimmy doesn't have to do my accent, um, that yes, hotels are reasonably open about that the fact that they have one and some of the benefits that they get, you know, refurbs and uniforms and all that kind of stuff. Don't often talk about the hard numbers, but Matt did a really good piece based on a court case in South Australia. Um, It was not related specifically to the tap contracts, more about dodgy business dealings um, between owners, but it did finally release some of these details and it was a really interesting one on what you can get. But we are a little bit more secretive here on like the benefits that you get from it and specifically the rebates that you get. So... That's an interesting one, but we're doing more on that, by the way, Pete. So look out for that. I spoke to Tim Fishwick from uh, White Bay Beer about it because he was uh, um, had some strong opinions on it on the Facebook page. Uh, so look out for that. It is worth pointing
0: community. out too that there are like this stuff isn't just the big boys. There are
1: mm-hmm.
0: independent craft breweries that have contracts of sorts as well. So it's not just you know. David versus Guy. Well, th- 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 that was
3: one of the things that was very insightful for me when I first started. You know, so Cooper's, you couldn't work out why Cooper's wasn't everywhere mm-hmm. um, when I was because it was such a good beer and it, when it was all that you could get. And Cooper's used to sort of always, on one hand, complain about being locked out and tap contracts and things like that. And then they went into, you know, their the, the big um, battle with Lyon when Lyon wanted to take them over. And Cooper's. You know, quite happily, contracts now. You know, they proudly contract because you know it's almost as if, as a business, they see it as you know we we've got our big boy pants yeah, on now and we they can, can contra- move up from the kiddie table. Yeah, we <laughs> can contract too, and that's why we've got this international range of beers and we've got these craft beers and we're doing all of that. Um, and you you, you saw it a lot with um craft breweries as they got bigger, they used all of the tools in their ever-growing toolkits. To reinforce their business, and that's one of the things that was really foundational in my. You know, I don't like the idea of tap contracts, but the pragmatic side of me goes, well, it's one of those things that as soon as pe- brewers can do it, they are doing it. So, is it really that evil, or is it just opportunity and an end and an advantage? Yeah,
0: and it's just business as well. Um, you know, if you can sort of say. That guarantee of knowing you're going to have six months worth of leaderage through mm. a tap is, you know, and you don't have to pay a sales call every week to just yeah. to sell out one or two kegs of beer. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, there there is just a point where it's not really viable for breweries to just chase one keg sale at one venue every so often. Mm-hmm. You know, so you do need these constant, you know. Uh, Constant sales going through. Yeah. To coin a phrase, tap, uh, tap
3: contracts.
1: They're terrible until they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, perhaps, it to his
1: yeah. repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. One cool. last letter before we wrap this one up for the week. Um, young fellow by the name of Matt Kierkegaard posted in our uh, <laughs> Radio Brews News Facebook group What does the group think is the most clearly understood alternative to the term gypsy brewer? Brackets. Yeah. Note it refers to a more hands on brewery and so different to contract um and i think in a new record 77 comments so i think that's probably the most we've had for any post on the in the facebook group
0: that's crazy
1: uh matt over to you yeah it was just because when we write about it we just
3: automatically default or you know fall back into saying gypsy and you know it's it's one of those things that you know with so many discussions going on about language and you know things that you know, people care about it just seemed like an unnecessary distraction if that was a, going to be a word that became increasingly problematic it just seemed silly to keep using it and distract from the thing that you're trying to say um, so we're looking at what you know if we were going to use an alternative term what people would a understand and what would you know people thought was uh, the most appropriate and um, it was interesting that nomadic was by far and away the most popular choice um, but I'd, I actually see that you know it would potentially be problematic you know, or, or could become problematic at some point in the future and then it's got a whole lot of negative connotations with it as well as some people commented you know so other suggestions were tenant brewer um vagabond brewer and it basically because it comes back to somebody that is shiftless or um you know itinerant or whatever there's there's a lot of negative terms around it but i, I did very much love um the, the, the best suggestion, uh, Ian McNally um, from the Chosen Brew podcast, um, uh, amongst other things, um, suggested, you know, he looked into the dictionary Sojourn, which was somebody who spends a short time somewhere. Um, and then, because craft brewers love to have a, a bit of a, you know edgy marketing um, name, um, decided to shorten it to Sojo. So
1: I thought that was, oh you know, my I'm a God, Sojo I love brewer. That. That's it beautiful. It was uh, really, really clever. Um,
2: Sojourner is a beautiful word as well.
1: And if you get a chance too, uh, if you've got an hour to spare uh, during the week when it pops up, um, have a beer guest of the year uh, that uh, Ian McNally does uh, at the moment, I think during the lockdown period, uh, with comedian Nick Capper, which is a, a really great listen. There you go. But, uh, yeah. So they, uh, they they talk about beer and then um, throw in a few hints of th- things that happened in this particular year, and then you've got to be- narrow it down and work out uh, what year it was. So it's a so good, good bit of fun. And Ian's but, yeah, contribution
3: uh, actually inspired me. I, I think it was the first time I've ever memed in, in – because give give given myself – like, I don't really <laughs> like – but <laughs> it
1: has, it has been noted a and a mark has been put against your name <laughs> well, <laughs> in
3: the big book. Again, ideology, going back to my previous comment about ideology, if you get too wedded to the ideology, and it's not, it is, it is often a too lazy It was approach. appropriate and it did fit. Yeah, and, and it was fit and it was the first thing I thought, he's an ideas man and the castle. And so, yeah, so it, it, it's just not that we're absolutely, it's just that when it's just the, the lazy option
1: to dismiss and not add. So, yeah, so uh, 38 votes for Nomadic Brewer, four for Wandering Brewer, three for Cuckoo Brewer.
3: Which I think is a very American term because we don't really have cuckoos. And Pete, you had an interesting uh, take because I'd always thought, I'd been told that the cuckoo um, was the appropriate because it's some it, you know it, the cuckoo is a bird that lays its eggs in another bird's nest. It kills the said, baby birds well, in it? <laughs> but I didn't know that. So didn't
2: that know was that. a thing so I thought him out. It just lets them And then and then tricks
1: dark. tricks the now um uh, what's what's an orphan mother? Uh the mother of the orphans, the mother of the murdered children um That's is horrifying. then tricked into hatching the sitting Nature on and, is um, hatching the the cuckoo's eggs.
3: Yeah. Which again, I, I actually think that that being the case, cuckoo could end up having a fairly yeah, know, you know, like being a problematic term <laughs> for, for the brewers as well I
2: but mean, again, I, I, well, I just that? sort
3: of wonder about no, being a nomadic brewer, whether that, that because there is a nomad um, brewing, whether that's is going to cause problems, you know it's just kicking the can down the road a bit further mm. so,
1: so, yeah, and Walkabout about wasn't there was it? about no oh, I like that. Walkabout walk about is, is is particularly indigenous I guess for an Australian term
3: as an Australian term but then again is that um, as an alternative to but does that then become appropriation dramatic.
1: by using a, a,
3: a term I, I again I don't know but I, I can sort of see that there would I can see that that would be an
0: issue that some people would raise What do you think Jimmy Yeah, I could probably see that maybe not sitting. Maybe as much as Gypsy Brewer doesn't sit well. So basically well. Everything, mm.
1: everything, anything we come up with is going to be problematic in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Just but I mean, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, some you go, well, let's just call business. them a brewer. But I do yeah. understand that the reason we're doing this is it, that there's a reason behind looking for a terminology that differentiates a brewer who has their own stainless to a brewer or a beer maker who contract brews somebody else to make their beer. There's that one in between who doesn't have their own kit but does – brew their own beer
3: yeah that, that's the thing like even within the non-brewery owning subset of brewers um th- th- there's that people who says look i'm very hands-on i make the beer just in someone else's brewery versus somebody who says look here's my
1: recipe can you make it for me yeah. it, it, but I, I, think, I think it is a useful distinction yeah i think the new zealand has had a, a term called toll brewing i, I I'm sure. Heard that I'm sure yes. i heard very early on and I, I don't know whether it's just died off or whether they just keep it to themselves but yeah that you sort of you know, like, I know, Adam like, Tripp-Smith. You know, pay as you go, Brewer? I don't know.
3: Adam <laughs> Tripp-Smith um, said Toll Brewing in the, the chat with I did with him back in January. Uh, yeah, there you go. Toll Transport
1: might have something to say about that. Problematic. <laughs> anyway, Take that's out, it for this episode of Brews News Week. Uh, thanks very much to Malt, to Rellings label stickers and packaging, and to our good friends at Beer Cartel who make this all possible. Thank you to you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. And thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Pete. And thank you to all of you for listening. We will catch you all again uh, for more of this. In the meantime, drink fresh, drink local, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom.